Hello and welcome to House Lights, the podcast that reviews media from various platforms. Today we're talking about TV shows that have had an influence on our lives. I'm Carly Graham, and today I'm joined by reporters Wendy Guzman and Sarah Tidwell. Let's get into it. So, Wendy, tell me, what is the first show on your list? Okay, so I love just knowing random facts about things, and I think the number one random thing I know everything about would be the X Factor UK. (laughs) Now... Um, for people that know their their history, One Direction was formed on the X Factor UK. I love reality TV, so I think when deciding to pick this specific show, I just I feel like at least seventy percent of my music taste comes from this show. So, season I believe it was seven or eight in two thousand eleven. They one of the audition songs for the boot camp section. So if you don't know how the X Factor is, it's like auditions, boot camp, judges' houses, then live shows. So for boot camp, it's one of the audition songs for the boys was the song um, "Break Even" by the Script, which is actually one of like my favorite songs of all time. And then on that show, also someone auditioned with "Iris" by the Goo Goo Dolls, which is one of my other favorite songs of all time. So. It had a big influence for me on that. And then I was a really, really big One Direction girl. So there was that. And then I am like the number one Little Mix fan ever, which is the only show that has ever, no, the only group that has ever won the show. So that's also pretty cool. Um, and yeah, like I said, I just know everything about this show for no reason whatsoever. And it's shaped a lot of my life. So I'm interested in knowing how you originally got invested in X Factor UK, (laughs) because I would understand, like, the one here, like, it makes sense, you're here, but it's X Factor UK very specifically, and, like, I've heard about this before, so I want you to go into that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, it stems from from One Direction, because I was obsessed with them, so I because I was obsessed with them, I wanted to see, I'm a big fan of origin story things. So like, I knew that's where they started. So I would rewatch their whole season entirely, like on repeat. And then I just, I obviously knew that there was other seasons afterwards and they kept appearing, especially like the first season after them in 2011, because they were on it in 2010. The one in, in 2011, they were they were on there a lot. I think they're performed and like they were guests and stuff because, you know, it's the show that they're known for and they were getting big. So from that, I just ended up watching more and more of it. And then I just kind of became obsessed with the process of it because I mean, it's kind of traditional. Like you go, apparently there's like a, um, like a separate audition before you get to the, like in front of the judges in front of the audience, but you do that. And then it's the audience and they have to do like, the yeses and noes you have to have a certain amount of yes and noes and I don't know and then again just like the boot camp and the judges houses and the way that there's challenges kind of every week it's just such a like a great reality show and they have I don't know if they still do but they have almost every episode like they for sure have the 2011 season they have every single episode on YouTube so it was just easy access like I was what like 12, 13 years old watching all of these shows. So, like, I can remember a bunch of contestants and things that, like, aren't actually famous, but in my brain, like, I'm, like, really big fans of them, even though no one knows who they are. Nice. Okay, the first TV show on my list is Shameless, um, the U.S. version, not the U.K. It is, the U.S. version is obviously adapted off of the U.K. version. So the U.K. one, it already is, like, completed. They aren't running anymore. Um, but the U.S. version is, it takes place in Chicago. I'm sure many people know that, like, they have the house down there in Chicago that you can go to on the south side that they film at. Um, but it's about, like, this um, alcoholic, drug-addicted father who um, is kind of absent for his six kids, and like their home life and stuff. And um, so like the oldest kid, Fiona Gallagher, takes care of her siblings. Um, get, 
Get out. Get out. I'm sorry. I told you we were going to walk in here. Um, so she takes care of her siblings, Lip, Ian, Debbie, Carl, and Liam. And then, um, so basically, like, she runs the house. She's head of the house. She gets, like, throughout the season, she gains guardianship over uh, over the kids. Um, their Their home is, like, an open home to like people come and go and uh it's it's just kind of like they they don't question when there's random strangers in their house like it's kind of like they just they just go with it like they're just living their lives and basically the show is just about um literally their lives like how they get through being poor on the south side of chicago um how they get through having an alcoholic drug addicted father and a dead mother who you know both were absent during their entire growing up and the show like you would think you'd be, you probably are like, why does this have like an influence on your life or like an impact on you? And I guess it's just like, the show kind of really opened my eyes to, you know, I'm somebody who's in like middle class, upper middle class. So just kind of like seeing their struggles in real life. Like that's what other real people go through. Uh, not having, you know, money to pay for medical bills, not even having money to pay for food. Um, that kind of thing, not having jobs or struggling to find jobs, that kind of thing. And just, they build themselves up. So I guess it was just like a really eye-opening watch. And for the fact that like, it's still going on. So like, I'm still watching it three years later because I started it like when they were on season five, I think, and now they're on season 11. So um, it's, it's been a long time going, but I definitely really think that that show has opened my eyes to the reality of the world and you know, the things I don't get to see in my nice white suburban neighborhood every day. I think you know this, but I love Shameless. This is a show that I first watched, I think it was either my junior or senior year of high school. And now fast forward a few years and I rewatched it like right at the start of quarantine. And I like, I completely agree with you where I think that it is so good about touching on topics that are hard to handle and it's just like a wild show where like I don't know everyone has their own individual struggles and it's nice because they don't have like one savior character it's like they all need to work together to try to figure stuff out and Mm -hmm. um Fiona isn't always there to save the day and she's not always capable of doing so so yeah I I definitely don't recommend like I don't recommend a show if you have a weak stomach like they do a lot of things on this show that you're kind of just like holy shit like they just did that on live tv like there's a lot of nudity there's a lot of drug and alcohol use there's a lot of gore and blood they show a lot of dead bodies because obviously they live in an area where you know people die a lot because they don't have the you know the access to things that like the higher class do on the north side um they show it's a lot of the nitty gritty and that's what I really liked about the show. And again, too, like I really liked how you said um, they kind of all had their own storyline and they, there was so much diversity in it because, you know, it was a family of white kids and then they have like this little brother who's biological, but he's not white. And then they have their sister who, you know, gets pregnant at a young age and has a kid. They have a gay brother. They have, um, they have another brother who like goes to the military and he has so many phases of he wants to be this kid in law and order. Then he wants to be a drug dealer. Then he wants to be a thug. Like he goes through a bunch of phases. And then they have like Lip and Fiona battling for like who's in charge of the house. Cause they're both the oldest and they're both the most mature. And it's just like now that watching, I finished season 10 yesterday actually. And um, watching that, just like seeing how far they've grown and like Debbie going from being like, nine years old to 19 now it's like it's nice to see how she's matured and changed and how she's taking charge of her own life and how Carl's doing the same and how Liam's doing the same even though Liam's literally 10 years old so it's just I like the diversity and all of the issues that they touch on and yeah yes um my first show it's okay I want to preface this by saying that I am a big sitcom girl So the reason that I am mentioning this sitcom specifically is it was the very first one I watched in full. So my very first sitcom was Friends. (laughs) Now, 
call me a basic white girl. Feel free. <laughs> I'll do it to myself all the time. But I truly do adore Friends. I watched it literally every single day when I came home from school because it was on TBS every single day after um, middle school. So in seventh and eighth grade, I would come home and watch Friends, and then I would do the same in ninth grade and tenth grade, and it went on for, like, a long time until we, like, got Netflix, and I would just binge the show from there instead of off TBS. And the show just, like, ended up having a pretty big, like, impact on my life because, again, it was also the very first show I ever binged on Netflix, and now I am, like, a big Netflix binger. I never freaking stop. It's so bad, but um, I don't know. It, it kind of introduced me to a new form of comedy that I hadn't really known because no, like, 7th or 8th graders are funny. Like, that's just factual. They all think they are, and they're just not. But it allowed me to develop my humor a little bit, and it allowed me to kind of understand different TV styles and... I don't know. It was just like a very big influential part of my upbringing. And it's like not my favorite now. My humor has developed even further and I like more like weird specific shows. Like I I like the weird comedy and like community and arrested development a little bit more than I like just like straightforward easy to understand jokes like in friends, but um I don't know. I think it opened up a new world to me a little bit. And for that, I am very thankful. And I like if it was on, I would still put it on and enjoy it because it also like provides that sense of nostalgia and even like, oh, my God, the fashion on that show. Like, I'm sorry. I feel very (laughs) throwbacky in this outfit today. Like I have the bandana on that was my mom's when she was younger and like got the big hoops and all the rings I just I don't know I feel like it's I like I find myself recreating way too many outfits from that show Mm -hmm. I want it okay we were not allowed to wear Halloween costumes to school in at my high school um so to get around that I just recreated an outfit of Rachel Green's of just like stuff that I had at my house and I was like what can I say I'm (laughs) I'm Rachel. Can you not see it? And my curly hair that's not well kept at all. Like, hmm? You don't, you don't see I'm going to be honest, that? though. I never got into that show. It was something that I would watch, like, with a friend if I was at their house. It's something that my roommate watched this past year all the time when she was home. So, I mean, it's something that I've been around, but I've never physically sat down and watched it from start to finish. But I feel like I've seen almost every episode because I've seen it I would see it when I'd go to my friend's house from high school or again my roommate like other people would have it on around me so I know so much about the show through other people and I so like yeah I, I definitely enjoy that show and I feel like a lot of people are in the same exact boat as you Sarah like there's so many people who have never sat down and watched friends from beginning to end but you know everything about friends like <laughs> like I there's like my like I've seen it from beginning to end but I waited a really long time like I was at least like a junior in high school because like I didn't grow up grow up with that type of stuff around so I decided to watch it and I really liked it my little brother would like sometimes peek in and like watch it with me and he liked it so much which is so bad because he's only nine now so by then he was very little and he just like liked it a lot and so he as whatever small like tight like young age he was at watched has watched friends from beginning to end and it's like his favorite show so I guess that's like my little connection but yeah most people that I know if they haven't seen it they they still know everything about friends all right Wendy what's your number two okay so I had kind of mentioned this a little bit with you guys before but so this show only had one season and there's quite a few shows that I that have that I know that only had one season that should have had more which we mentioned like freaks and geeks but the one that I would like to talk about is um the Red Band Society. 
<laughs> when <laughs> yes. if, oh my god there's gonna be good discourse for this one go ahead yeah. take it away <laughs> so the show aired in 2014 and it was based off the same pretty much the same show in spain and it centers around these kids in a pediatric like um hospital ward and basically they all have different conditions um and they're all living in this hospital like i said with like their nurse um who is played by octavia spencer and then some of the kids in the thing include like sierra bravo who was on big time rush um she played um emma who was anorexic and then if you guys know charlie Rowe, who was almost spider-man he was leo who um was uh had cancer and lost a leg so he didn't have a leg and there was the the so the narrator was a little was a young a younger boy who was in a coma named charlie so i kind of just this was one of i'm i am a big fan of dramas i'm also a very very big sitcom girl but dramas are i like very specific dramas something about this one just kind of really 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 hit different for me it was i think it's the fact that these kids are like so young and so unhealthy like any moment you're watching this and truly any moment these kids could just like die it's they they've developed such great characters in such short episodes and made you connect with them and then you also had to remember in the back of your mind like these kids are sick like they're not okay this is their world they live in this hospital and one of the things that really made the show hit for me i think is um so the character um dash he had um cystic fibrosis and so i had a i had a cousin in mexico who also had cystic fibrosis and i saw her for the last time pretty much when the show was airing and she passed away in 2014 2015 so around the same time as the show came out that's when she passed away so I kind of knew, I knew a lot about that disease when I watched it. So it was, so that's how that hit home for me and why that's a connection. But just overall, the show was absolutely robbed of a second season or just any, like, I honestly don't even remember what the, where they ended up on, but I don't even want to know because it just makes me so upset. You can talk, Carly, go ahead. (laughs) This show, I can't stress like it enough it got robbed so hard that it did like it didn't even get to finish its first season no it had 13 episodes i believe it was cut off at the midway point because it was oh my this is what made me so mad the show had to compete with gotham so they aired both of these shows on the same night it was red band society and gotham and gotham came on right afterwards so i like the fury that lived in my soul when they announced that the show was getting canceled was just so like fiery because i I feel like they're not even on the same like the level to be compared to one another do you know what i mean but i mean i guess those were the slots that were open but like they're not they are very different shows they okay gotham has batman to ride on like there were no already big names like octavia spencer was kind of carrying the show on her back that was the one big name that they really secured but the kicker with all of it was like the part that like bothered me the most is that i have the final scene of the tv show just like etched in my brain and it is it is sierra bravo the -hmm. last episode she was released from the hospital and she was taken home because they were like she's getting back to a healthy weight she's okay like all of this and she didn't eat her dinner like the literally the very first night that she got back and then they show her walking upstairs to her bedroom I'm pretty sure locking the door going Mm -hmm. into her bathroom locking the door and passing out and they make it like they literally leave you thinking that she died right then and there and she's locked behind two different locks and that is how they ended that 13 episode show and like we never got any closure we don't know what happened to her we don't know what happened to octavia spencer like the pain the pain i even i remember when i was in the height of 
Maybe an after, because I go through every couple months, I go through a thing where I'm like, oh my God, I need to rewatch Red Band Society. So at one point I had one of those and I like researched the Spanish one and it does follow the same thing, but I don't think it's exact. So I guess that could be like a reference, but not really. I don't know. And speaking of like show, like scenes that are like etched in your brain, one for me that just will absolutely never leave my, like, I think about it so often, which is another Emma scene, which is when she's, like, with her parents and the therapist, and she's explaining how her eating disorder started. And kind of, and they ask, like, her dad asked her, like, why didn't you never tell us? And she says, because you never asked. And I, like, think about it. Like, I feel like it was probably, like, weeks ago the last, not even weeks ago, maybe days ago the last time I think about it, because that's just how often I think about it. It's just there in my head all the time. You pulled out a very deep memory with that one. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sarah, lighten the mood for me. <laughs> okay, so the second TV show I picked is Teen Wolf. Um, This was something I started, I think, uh, junior year, right after my 16th birthday maybe maybe I don't remember it was a while ago um but they were like airing season five or four on tv by the time I had started so I'd like buy dvds and like buy it on on demand and stuff to watch it um because mtv and netflix are in like this feud where they don't air mtv shows on netflix so but basically the show is about scott mccall who is like he becomes a werewolf in the first episode and his group of friends over time kind of like discovers that they're all a little bit supernatural. So they have a banshee, they have a werewolf hunter, they have somebody who goes and gets possessed by like this mind spirit. Um, he's human the entire show. He's the only human that's seen like for the entire show. But in season three, he's like possessed by this like demon, void demon. Um, and then there's other werewolves. There's a lizard like um i can't fucking remember what it was but he would he was like a like full face lizard like had a tail and everything um there's different types of werewolves too like i said like scott is like a werewolf werewolf and then there's like i think it's Derek who can turn into like full wolf like you know um serious black like can turn into like an animagus um so basically it's just like about every season they fight like a different beast like there's always like a different monster that this group of friends is like trying to fight like the second season it or no the first season it was just like getting through it and like learning the ropes I guess and then like season four there was like I can't even remember because there's there's like halfway points in each season too so like the, the the monster like switches but in like season four too they brought in um more supernatural characters and they were like kitsunes which are like the foxes and the stuff um they brought in more hunters and i I can't even like it's been so long since i watched it but honestly the show fell off after season three too so like i i watched the whole thing but it just like season four through six like they it wasn't my favorite the first and everybody can agree like the first three seasons were the best seasons of the show but this was, like, the first TV show that I really sat down and, like, obsessed over and, like, completely, like, wrote fan fiction, like, had a fan account for it, like, obsessed over it. Um, because, Girl, like, other series... Mad. Yeah, no, Wattpad. Because, <laughs> like, other series were, like, Hunger Games and Harry Potter and Divergent, like, movie series. Like, this was something that didn't have books. It just aired on TV and... You know, obviously, like, Dylan O'Brien and Tyler Posey and Crystal Reed and, like, the entire cast is beautiful. And it just, I still, to this day, like, I could go back and I could rewatch the entire show. And it's I still follow. Mention, let's mention the fact that Dylan O'Brien follows you on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> oh Dylan God. O'Brien does follow me on Twitter. <laughs> so. I forgot about that. That also I forget about that a lot. Yeah. I remember when you sent me that. I, I've never... That would get, that's one of the people that if they followed me, like, I don't know what I would do. I'd like throw my phone and just like not look at it for three hours and just like contemplate life. Like, yeah. what the heck? I cried. Like, I cried when he followed me. But this show, 
yeah, it was the first one. It was the show that brought me into like that realm of being okay with fangirling over things. <laughs> and so that's how I met all of my internet friends. Like I, my roommate freshman year was one of my team of internet friends. <laughs> I have one who lives in Indiana um, that I still talk to this, to this day. Like one of my very best friends. Um, she just like, she's, she's two years younger than me, but like we've been friends for the last six years. So it's just like, we met through Teen Wolf and I met so many other people. I still have like the login to my fan account and all that stuff, but I just like, I deleted it. Like everything's gone off of it, but it was just a show that like opened up that side of me. And I don't think I could ever like shut that side of me now because it's just like, it's there in the back of my, my subconscious. And it's just like, you're going to obsess over this TV show. It's not Teen Wolf, but you're going to obsess over it. Mm-hmm. And it happens every time I find a TV show like Shameless and like the next one that I'm going to name, like something about it. And like, I don't even know, like there's just, do you guys know like how you have those shows where like, there's just something about it that draws you to it, but you don't know what specifically it is. That's how it is with Teen Wolf. Like the, the show will forever have a piece of my heart kind of thing. I remember watching Saturday Night Live with my family while we were waiting for Sunday morning breakfasts because we would record it the night before and just watch it in the morning. And something I always really, really loved and appreciated about SNL was the fact that it had a rotating cast and it was always something new and always a little bit something different. And I acknowledge the fact that like it's not held up in the same light that it used to be previously. Like, it doesn't have Will Ferrell carrying the show, and it doesn't have Kristen Wiig anymore. But even now, I think it's a fantastic show, and I love tuning in. Like, I love Cicely Strong. I love, love Kate McKinnon. And just, like, I have such, like, a great appreciation for all of the cast members because I feel like they all contribute something different and working together they come up with some really really good content and it's also just like crazy to think about the fact that like it's on live television that they have like three days of writing and then they have three days of building sets and like getting stuff ready and costume design and like all of that stuff and it's so weird and crazy that they're able to create such a weird awesome show and do all the cool promos and all this stuff in the span of one week. Like, that is, that seems physically impossible, yet they do it time after time after time, and I don't know, I think it's just such a cool show, and some of, like, my favorite, favorite people started there, so, like, we all know I am a John Mulaney stan through and through. He started as a writer, and then he got really, really big off of his stand-up, and like he's come back the past three years on SNL to host he has hosted three years in a row like that's ridiculous and so awesome and like someone that we all love I know we all love him Andy Samberg Mm -hmm. he got really really big on SNL and that's how he ended up getting to grow and do what he's doing now and I don't know I just think oh my god Bill Hader wow also Bill Hader I was a big Bill Hader girl growing up so I think that I just have, like, a lot of love and appreciation for that show, and it has definitely, like, stuck with me for a long time, and I still watch it, like, all the time when it's on, and yeah, I don't know. Big fan. Yeah, I found SNL, like, accidentally one night a few years back, and I just, like, I understand your appreciation for it, and I didn't realize that they did all of that in that short of time. Like, that show is hilarious, and it was a great find, so yeah, I can see where you come from that one of my close friends was absolutely obsessed with Saturday Night Live and I wish that I well like I've always really liked it but I've never got into it as much as her and I just remember her like watching it on her from her tv and she would just like snapchat me videos of her while she was watching it I forgot who it was that was her favorite though but like she was obsessed with it and when I went to California January 2019 we me and my friend Natalie went and we were at my uncle's house and that's just what we decided to watch so we just we thought it was 
really fun. I don't think she had ever watched it and she thought it was hilarious. So we just watched, I don't know how many episodes just in a row that night. Mm-hmm. It's just. Are like, you guys ready for last TV shows? Oh my god, get ready, get ready! Y'all need to prepare for mine. But yes, is it going to be as cli- um, anticlimactic as the? No, this no. Like <laughs> I don't think you understand. How dare okay. you though? I stand by Viva Las Vegas. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, Wendy, take it away. All right. So, um, I'm gonna try very, very hard to not cry right now like um, it's an emotional day it's a very emotional day in regards to the show that i'm about to speak of um so for a little bit of background i feel like we should wait till she names the show first yeah 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 so obviously no no house lights podcast will be complete without me mentioning my Dearly beloved favorite show, Glee. <laughs> so today is July 13th that we are recording this, and that marks the seven year anniversary of Corey Monteith's death. And then, about two hours before we recorded this podcast, it was announced that Naya Rivera's body was found in Ventura County. Um, which it's just a a big day of losses for Glee fans. And yeah, Wendy is, as stated, a big Glee fan. So it's, it's going to be emotional, this one, but go ahead. Yeah. Like before we started recording this, I actually was just like crying, looking at my phone, just looking at stuff. Um, so I have always kind of known about Glee. Like when I was younger, I always knew about it, new stuff. But I started actually watching it when the fifth season was airing. So right before Corey died. And so I wasn't like obsessed. I wasn't like as much as I am now when he died. But it was like, I was just getting into the show and I just absolutely loved like Finn as a character. And then like this, like he passed away. So I think as I got older, I ended up connecting a lot, lot more with the show. But I guess just in general terms and away from like the sad stuff, I will defend Glee to my grave because it's so terrible, the things that they say on that show sometimes, but there's just so much magic that happened there that I can never get over it. Like, I think a great part of my personality just comes from the years of watching that show. I people that watch it kind of think, oh, it's like a like high school musical or something, or it's just like they just sing all the time or something. No, no, it's not like that at all. It's like they really test the waters in not the best way, you know, like their first season right off the bat, second episode, teen pregnancy, and you're like oh crap what and then it turns out this this kid thought it was his kid but it was actually his best friends who like his girlfriend cheated on him with and it's just it's a lot of a mess so it's basically everything that a kid would go through in high school and can go through but they just handle it in the absolute worst way possible and also sing (laughs) so i it's a lot of the humor where it's really shouldn't be funny. And a lot of it does not age well whatsoever. But I, I just have such a love for it. And again, my sense of humor is a little more on like the kind of just being a jerk kind of sometimes. So it also comes from that, but it just always makes me happy. Like I love music And then it's also very fast paced. There's so many, there's like 20 storylines every episode. There's just none of them make any sense. Some of them just go on for an episode and then you never hear about them again, but it was something really, really random. And I'm very fast paced. So I like all of that. I don't know. It's just, I feel like every Ryan Murphy produced show was just perfectly created for me to like, like every single one of them. And this is the Kickstarter of them because I don't know something about his style. Just this, 
Yeah, I will never stop talking about this show. And I don't, I think even as terrible as it can be, or, it, you know, has, like, is seen now years on and how controversial it is, I don't think a show will ever make me feel the way that Glee did, like, when I first watched it, when I rewatch it, just as it is. Glee, like, has multiple songs as well that I genuinely like more than the originals. And I would rather listen to the Glee version than the originals. And I, like, I don't know. I feel like Glee did have a very special way of sucking you in. Because, like, it's not that great of a show. But something about it, like, pulls you in entirely. And so I now, like, at my current age in life, I'm probably not going to see myself re-watching it at any point. But I watched it, like, in full two times in, like, the span of a year and a half. Because it was, like, after the first time. And I was like, dang. I could really go <laughs> for some musical theater content right now. Glee! And just, like, I don't know. And, yeah, that show also stuck with me a good amount. So I... I as as I've watched you obsess over Glee, it makes sense to me. Yeah, and like one uh, on a on a sad note again, like earlier today because I knew that it was um the anniversary of Corey's death, which again was one of like the first like celebrity deaths that kind of just really hit me hard. I was kind of I kept like singing in my head the him singing. Uh, the song that he sang to the ultrasound baby when he thought that Quinn's baby was his, um, I'll stand by you. And it couldn't, like, I couldn't get it out of my head. I could not get it out of my head. And, and then I, it was before they announced that, um, the body that they found was Naya's. Like, I think I've just been playing all of those songs just in my head all day, but I was, I started singing, um, if I Die Young, when Naya sang it in the quarterback episode. And I got really, really, really sad and very emotional. And on, I know a lot of people, like, on social media and stuff were like, do not bring it up. And, yeah, and, you know, people saying, like, really s stuff about, like, a glee curse or something because um, Mark, who played um, Puck, also passed away. But... I don't know. It's it's a lot. And like I said, I was crying before this started because of Naya. And that might, I think that might have topped at like the biggest webs I've had of a celebrity dying before. And I think that just goes to show how much the show means to me. So, Hoping for more positivity out of Sarah again. Woo! Woo! Yes, this, this one is positive. Um, Okay, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet the other day about it, but my all-time favorite show at the moment, too, right now, because it's still airing on TV, season four just is ending this Thursday, actually, um, and they got renewed, I'm pretty sure, for season five, so I'm really happy about that, but the show is The Bold Type. Mm -hmm. um, I've been telling you guys to watch this show, <laughs> and the reason that I'm so, like, head over heels for this show I started it junior year when season one came out. So junior year of high school was like four-ish years ago. Now that we're going into junior year of college. Um, so this was before I, this was before I had had any clue what I wanted to do in the future before I had any idea that I wanted to go to Michigan state. Um, I was into writing, but I wasn't fully into writing. It was again, like the fan fiction, the poetry, the stuff I would do for art class and for ELA in high school. It wasn't anything big. Um, and then I watched the show. I remember sitting downstairs with my friends and turning on the first episode. And it's about these three girls who live in New York city and they work for, um, what I would call a TV cosmopolitan magazine. So they call it Scarlet magazine, same concepts. It's a very female empowered magazine. Um, I think there's literally like four guys that work at the entire magazine company. Um, and so one of them is a writer. One of them is a fashion designer or a stylist is what she calls it. And then one of them is the social media like director. She runs 
she does what Carly does. She runs the Twitter, the Instagram, the Snapchat. Um, so this is the show that like, before I watched it, I wanted to go to law school because I had just gotten done watching How to Get Away with Murder and I wanted to be Annalise Keating. And before that, I wanted to be, you know, a teacher. And before that, I wanted to do this. So like, I was kind of set on writing in the future, but it was more of like, I wanted to be an author and then like write a book. And I watched this show and I was like, no, I want to do that. I want to be Jane Sloan. Like I want to work at um, like Cosmopolitan Magazine. I originally started out wanting to write in, um, sorry, one, one second for um, Tessa. Samaya's texting me really quick. But I, okay, so I originally started out and I was like, I want to be an entertainment writer. I want to work for a magazine like Scarlet. Um, I want to, you know, work in a huge skyscraper, live in Manhattan with my three best friends. Um, and then it kind of went from there. I was like, all right, I want to do journalism. So I applied to like schools in New York and then I applied to Michigan State and I got into Michigan State, obviously. And um, so I started out in the journalism major and then I kind of changed my mind. And I was like, I want to do sports, not entertainment because I had met some friends in the sports writing like minor who were super sweet and were like, dude, like this is actually really fun. I think you'd like it. And you know, I've also been an avid fan of sports my whole life. So I kind of went from the entertainment side that I saw in the bold type and I switched to sports. And now I am working for snooze obviously, but um, this show, like I often forget about it because the only place that I can watch it is on the Freeform app or when it's live on TV. So I like over the last four years, like there's obviously been four seasons, but I forget that they exist until like the season's completely done airing. So like I just watched all of season four last week and um, just in time for the finale too. But like, it's kind of bringing me back to the roots of why I wanted to do journalism and wanted to be like Jane Sloan. And it speaks to me in a different way because it's, not fully about their writing like you get to see how they go how journalists like do it like she goes through her daily life and that's how she finds her stories that she writes and they go through so many struggles there's so much diversity they talk about all of the hot topics in the world right now like they touched on racism they touched on lgbtq they've touched on um literally everything like that i could think of um and like right now they like in season four it was like really big like cat would be like, Jane, you can't say that, like, you're white. Like, she would correct her on certain things. And, like, I feel like it correlates really well with, like, what's going on in the world right now and how we're trying to change our perspectives. Um, so I just, I don't know. It's, like, a really real-life show for me, and it really hits home because I want to be, like, those girls. And that's the reason why I am where I am today. I don't think if I had seen that show, I would be in journalism. Like, I would probably be in New York studying creative writing or something like that, because I did apply for that. But it, it drew me into, you know, the world of holding people accountable in those, um, oh my God, I just had a stroke, holding those in positions of power accountable and having, you know, helping people's voices get heard and having my own voice get heard. Because, you know, as journalists, we also have things we like to get out there in the world to help other people. So, yeah, it's definitely the reason I chose my life path. I, th I feel like a lot of shows looking back, like shows that I've watched, happen to have a lot of journal, like journalist characters. And and I maybe just didn't see them at the time. Or maybe I did. And they were just like under the radar kind of influencing me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this was like the biggest show that I've ever watched that like had blatantly obvious journalism in it. And it was female journalism too. So like it was exactly like us like what we're doing and it, that's why it was nice all right guys the final show that no one will be surprised by new girl oh, there it is <laughs> we, we all saw this coming five miles away um i never shut up about this show it will be my favorite probably until i die um and i like i love it just so much. I watched it for the first time before my senior year of high school, and I am re-watching it right now 
for I think either the seventh or eighth time. Like, I have watched this show. Like, I know it, like, the back of my hand, and I have not had enough. Like, I will never have enough of it, because I think something that I am really able to do with the main character that is Jessica Day is find myself in her and then just, like, go through my life and live vicariously through her, like, pretty much completely. And so, like, the amount of love that I have for every single one of her love interests throughout the show is so strong. Like, I also cannot stress this enough, they don't give her a bad love interest. There's, like, one, and it's Genslinger in, like, season one that I just do not vibe with that much. But, like, Russell in season one is so beautiful and so sophisticated And Dr. Sam, I love David Walton. I always have. I always will. He played someone named Dr. Rick in a movie called Fired Up. And the main character in that was named Carly. So we had, like, a bunch of nicknames for her. So I still, like, get called Carly Fry because of that. And you know what? It's stuck and I'm still here for it because of David Walton. And then, oh my god, who else is there? Nick Miller oh my god Nick Miller like (laughs) it's just like the blueprint like new girl is the blueprint for me (laughs) and like I I can't explain this properly but that show specific scenes have given me like physical reactions so I think it's the finale huh okay I was gonna say the the obvious one, but you can no, go. no, no. The finale of season two is Cece and oh my god, Shavrang's wedding, <laughs> and and <laughs> oh my god, the episode ends with like Jess and Nick fighting, but they end up like coming together, and she's like, I I want to try this, like I don't want to fight, I want. It's like they they make up, and he runs to her, and they kiss outside the car, and the song that is playing in the background is It's Always You by The Vaccines. And this show, like, that scene made my stomach drop. Like, I had butterflies in my stomach, and I had, like, all of the feelings that you feel when you, like, first start liking someone. Like, all of those, like, (laughs) growing emotional attachments all of those feelings were just, like, so present in my body, and then every time for, like, the next week that I listened to that song, I, like, felt it, and I ended up, (laughs) this is sad, I ended up making an entire playlist on my Spotify that it is literally just songs that are inspired and, like, that I relate to Jessica Day and Nick Miller's relationship, And, like, any time that I, like, am in a mood to, like, start thinking about boys and stuff like that, like, whenever I want to feel something, I go back to that playlist. Like, every single time. And then Wendy, we we share this one. We share this one. (laughs) Season 6, episode 22, Jess and Nick again, just got in a big fight, they're mirroring seasons past episodes, but let me tell you, they have this big scene where they're chasing after one another, and they're going up the elevator, and they're yelling at each other through windows, and climbing up the stairs, and dropping all the note cards with a big old speech, and like, all of this only for them to meet on the first floor, and oh my god (laughs) there's a dude getting off the elevator jess is standing behind him nick is yelling at him to move faster and then he sees her and she just goes hey miller (laughs) jess and they get on the elevator and then the door is shut they're just like standing side by side the door is shut and then Lord's green light comes kicking in right when they get to the fourth floor and the door is open and it is just like such 
a moment. It hits so hard every time. I just remember, like, the very first time I saw that scene, I had already listened to melodrama, but I hadn't had my melodrama phase yet. So the first time I watched that scene, I was like, oh, my God. I don't remember this song hitting as hard as it. And then that's when I had my melodrama phase. Whenever it was that I first watched New Girl, that's when I had my melodrama phase, which I've had this theory. No, it's actually proven fact that everyone has a a Lord melodrama phase where it's just like it hits you for the first time, even if you've already listened to it. But that's when I had mine. So I'm also a very big New Girl fan and I really like the show. So I'm really glad that you brought it up, even though I knew exactly that that was what you were going to do. But... (laughs) Like, I understand, and I acknowledge the fact that New Girl is, like, it's for me. Like, that, I'm convinced fully that they made that show with me in mind. They were like, you know what? I acknowledge the fact that this girl won't watch it until season six is airing on TV. She'll wait a while, but it's for her. (laughs) And, like, I, I, very recently, I have been told that if I end up, like, having a backup plan and it's not journalism, that people, like, would see me as a teacher. And part of me thinks it's because I have adopted so many personality traits of Jessica Days. I (laughs) cut bangs. Like, I am ready to be Jessica Day and fully just, like, take her in. And, like, it's just such a chef's kiss show. Like, everything about it is just so perfect to me, and I don't know, like, oh my god. Also, here's my hot take for New Girl. Ryan is better for her than Nick is, but I love Nick so much, and he is just, like, the perfect amount of messy and, like, needs to get it together, and I think, like, he and Jess, like, complement each other so well. I told you all, I warned you, there was going to be a long-winded new girl rant. I'm very sorry, but I truly cannot help myself. I I anticipated it, so it's okay. I was ready. Good. I'm glad we all prepared ourselves for the chaos that would be the new girl rant. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you guys for coming on the pod. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for having us.